We're partying. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt, and it's Matt, and we're when we're on the podcast. Yeah, baby. I swear I'm ready. Yeah, I you swear seen... that I was ready. I know I said. <laughs> I know that I said I was ready, and then I kept fucking with it. But I'm ready. You're ready now. Yeah, we're good. Okay, we're good to go. <laughs> yes. All right. How was your day? Oh, it was a Monday. I got a case of the Mondays, Mister Matt. Don't ever say that to me again. Somebody get me my lasagna. Don't <laughs> talk to me till I've had my coffee. <laughs> Whoa, well, my name is Matt Butterfield. Yeah, that's how, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm chilling. This is my second day off in a row, which is awesome. Oh, shit. That never happens for you. Uh, Sunday and Monday. Always off oh, okay. Sunday and Monday. Oh. So Sunday no. and Monday is my weekend. Nice. Nice. And then I always have Thursday off as well. Always got Thursday. He's got mm. three days off a week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, baby. Hey, and that's a fucking model we need to adopt as a society. The five-day work week is passe. We need one day off. Like We should work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And get paid one and a half times what we're all getting paid. 1.5. We should all get a 50% raise. Yes. Everybody. Just in general. Four days a week, make 50% more money. You're going to get more done in those four days as well. This is not just me talking shit. This is a scientific fact. This is shit that's been studied. <laughs> Tell me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, 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 down. I'm down to clown, bro. Also, I feel like the only reason why it was a five-day work week in the first place, like I feel like the, the internet has eliminated a day's worth of work. Easily. Easily. I mean, think about how easy college was because we, we had the internet. Oh, you could yeah. just Google you could just like Google shit and find academic sources. And it was just like, who cares? Type your thesis statement into Google, find some shit. Your professors, did, they were like, sure, whatever. But I remember in high school as I took all like the, the AP Englishes. And so you'd have a, every semester you'd have like a big research paper type thing that you had to do. Oh yeah. We did that in high school too. And it was always, you have to cite, I don't remember. I think it was like, you have to cite 10 sources and only huh. two of them can be from the internet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then like, as if that was a standard that we would ever be held to I, like, like, <laughs> right. I mean, fuck. And, oh, God damn it. Growing up would go into school when we went to school is so goddamn infuriating. You're not always going to have a graphing calculator in your pocket. Look. Look, 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 until they until you can get Google in your phone, you're gonna have to know how to read a book, dumb dumb. Only two sources from the internet. <laughs> I know the way of the future, I know how everything works, I know where the progress of man, I can see it all mapped out right in front of me. We're gonna have flying cars, but we won't be able to Google things at any given moment with a device that we fit in our pocket. Listen, I'm 62 years old, and I've been working in this small-town Texas high school for 38 of them. I know about the world. I know ex I know what it's like when you get out of this school. I know exactly what it's like because I never left. <laughs> I can see it all. The whole world's a fishbowl. The world is my own aquarium. I walk around in it and judge them superior. <laughs> 
removed from their harsh environment, but but able to observe. Don't use the internet, kids. This is actually off the dome. That was fantastic. God damn. Everybody give a round of applause for Mr. Butterfield. Well done. (laughs) Brings me to my next point. You actually have a Uh fantastic advantage in teaching the youth of America. I am aware. In that you actually lived your life a little bit and did something more than stay in school. That's literally my whole pitch, buddy. I'm writing email after email. I can tell them exactly what not to do. Yeah. Don't ignore your depression. Hey, go get help. That's, that's good. I like it. Don't do it. You're, everything will fall apart. What um, I didn't know is that what I thought was just anxiety was also depression. Yeah, man. Did you want to talk about that on this? Yeah, dude. Why not? Cool. So you're 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 part of the the pill parade now. Welcome, yeah, I, brother. I tried it out and didn't think it would work as quick as it did. Oh but wow! Holy okay. shit! I've always had really oh. bad anxiety problems. Right. Uh, then you know, find out the anxiety also is like kind of like depression too, because it's like, oh, so thinking that everything would be easier if you just went ahead and died is not just, that's not how all anxiety is. Okay. I gotcha. Right. That's, <laughs> that's actually uh, not a good thing. And it's called an intrusive thought. You don't necessarily mean it, but it can corrode how you see the world. And it's good to, you know, maybe clear those cobwebs up. Some of us need help doing that, especially with the high pace, like the fast pace, you know, sort of impersonal sort of, uh, you know, harsh reality that we live in. Yeah. Even, even as, you know, you know, fairly privileged people, life still, you know, your problems are your problems. That's what Neil Young said. And I believe it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I will, I will note, i also, I'm not far enough into this to really give like a full on deal. So we yeah. can talk about this more as this kind of experiment when mental health goes along. Well, one thing I will say is uh, I texted you this. I never knew, never realized just how terrible I felt all the time. Uh huh. Just like 24-7, the status quo of feeling for me was that I felt like complete dog shit. Sure. And another thing is that now that my head and my chest don't hurt constantly, it's really pronounced how bad my back does hurt. <laughs> this is oh. actual real physical pain, not well, shit. mental. I didn't know you were. I didn't know you were in like physical pain. That's horrible. Yeah, dude. The fucking my the anxiety, stress slash whatever it all is, like definitely manifested as headaches and like tight chest and like. Oh yeah. I don't talk but, about it. I never really talked about it a whole lot because I felt like no. I was in too privileged of a position to really talk about it. I don't want to feel like I'm trying to make people right. feel sorry for me. But yeah, it was just like constantly like all stress, anxiety, and depression manifest as pain in my head and chest and then absolutely wanting to dive off a bridge every time something went wrong. 
It's like, oh, okay, so this thing went wrong, which means this thing will go wrong, which means this thing will go wrong, which because, and all this is going wrong because these people are conspiring against me. I'll never uh-huh. succeed in life. Yeah. My wife's going to leave me. I'm going to die. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds very familiar. Uh, well, I'm glad. I felt pretty good the past few days. Hey, man, I, I'm I'm a big believer in it. I think it I think it helps a lot. I think that some people, you know, I don't know. I I think that everybody should be on fucking you know just at least ten milligrams of like Lexapro, you know, some low doses stuff. Mm. Although I don't know, I don't know what's stronger, Wellbutrin or Lexapro. I have no idea. I know. I've been, I'm, I've been like I'm fresh to this game. Uh, the, uh, I'm I'm I've been on Wellbutrin and I've been digging it. It makes me like more alert and motivated and ready, which is you know kind of one of my complaints. <laughs> the big reason why I don't like you know my my decision making like you know what I mean like like it's just like it makes me feel more busy, less like more focused, more able to do things, get tasks done not mm-hmm. put things off and shit like that. And, and like, like I had a run in, I don't know if I want to talk about it. Cause I might be contesting it. Nah, fuck it. I got a speeding ticket and Maybe. didn't uh, fucking freak out about it. Still haven't freaked out about it. Also don't know quite how much it's going to cost yet, but, uh, but yeah, shit. This is a thing I've never like, well, the thing I've never understood. I think, yeah, yeah. People freak the fuck out about speeding tickets. Like when you when some when you hear somebody got a speeding ticket, it's like everybody there's oh no, oh fuck, oh shit. Right? Yeah, dude. I have so many people that have just like lost their fucking shit. Like their biggest fear every day is getting a speeding ticket. It's like, bro, it's like a hundred bucks. Well, fucking relax. The- the thing is, though, I feel like uh, they were very much kind of treated like a joke in my house. And then all of a sudden I was just like racking them up when I was a teenager. And it got to a point where it was just like, this needs to stop. This has to. I've been giving, you know, all of my money, literally sometimes to in texas well that's a, that's fast. a different story okay it, like like so so for me for so many years obviously i wasn't driving when i lived in new york but whenever i did drive and for a couple of years after my last ticket which i think i got when i was 20 years old 19 or 20 like i like whenever between the ages of 16 and 20 i got more tickets matt than i can even count i don't know how many i got I don't understand why my like 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 my license was never really questioned, but like the number is somewhere around twelve or fifteen. God damn! It, it, like, and I got a lot of them. They were a lot of them were like spaced out, so most of them are not on my record, or and I think they've all gone away now. But um, yeah, it was just like nuts. It was a it was. A problem, and so then I became very vigilant and very much kind of of the mind, like I can never get in trouble with the cops again. Like, like, um, so I've been of that mindset, but nevertheless, this happened, and I still am kind of, I can feel it was like 
He was being a motherfucking stickler. It yeah. was like right at the end of a certain area. And he and I just goosed it. And I'd also had to get across four lanes of traffic. And he, he got like, literally got me with he got me within like maybe two feet. Fucker popped you. Anyway. He popped you. At Whatever. Um, One is, I didn't fucking lose my mind. I didn't freak out at all. I still haven't freaked out, and I totally, uh, that's because of Wellbutrin. Nice. 1,000%. So when I was in, real quick on the ticket stories, um, when I was Uh in college, I amassed a a certain amount. I'm not sure how many uh, parking tickets in San Marcos, Texas, baby. And... (laughs) You get a warrant for your arrest. I got a boot on my truck. Oh, in the parking spots in front of Sherwin Williams. You remember that? Like a block over from Eskimo Hut? Yeah, at Kinko's. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Sherwin Williams and the Kinko's. The Kinko's, where we all went to get our headshots printed out for cattle calls. <laughs> right. <laughs> the same parking lot as Sundance Records, which is gone. Right. Um, right. And Joe and the Go and all that. So. I my car gets booted. I call my dad. He's of course furious. Uh, um, I call the court, figure out how much it's going to be. He's like, "All right, it's in your bank account. Go pay it. Get the boot off your car." And blah blah blah. I go pay it. I come back. The guy comes to meet me. Gets takes the boot off my truck. And I call my dad, and I'm like, "All right, it's all taken care of." He goes, "Okay, good. Now I want you to take that truck." And stick it up your ass. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Coming in with. Ooh, coming in hot. He was so fucking mad. And Did I he know he ever talked like, to you that way before. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he does this thing when he's really oh, okay, mad. Cool. He does this thing where he's really mad. He talks through his teeth. So I just knew that he was talking through his teeth when he said that outstanding i yes sir and i hung up the phone and then i just died laughing <laughs> but i knew he meant it but it was still yeah. funny <laughs> it's sticking up your ass God damn. <laughs> so funny but they they uh same thing happened to me in st marcus in fact i think that was one of my last like traffic violations just in general was the same thing happened to me but they like put a warrant out for me and sent it to my parents house no. and my mom called me and was like hey you idiot you owe $200 in parking tickets and they're going to arrest you and I was like uh oh uh oh <laughs> went and paid that shit $200 a warrant over $200. dollars Can you believe this, that? This brings me to my next topic. Police reform. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Kidding, Talk about defund kidding. the police. Oh, this is, that's all that's city all shit. Fun. That's all city municipal shit. Uh, I just watched John Oliver. So enforce. <laughs> I just watched John Oliver. I'm all fired up about guns. All oh, the stand your ground shit. Yeah, yeah, pretty, I watched that today too. Pretty wild. People are dumb. I fucking hate. I hate America sometimes, and it's because of people like that. That's yeah, easy place. It's an easy. It's easy thing to come down on when you hear shit like that. Uh, 
But I don't want to talk about that. Right, 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 right. No, I don't want to talk about that either. No, actually, we got some big, big, big news. A big positive in the life and times of the Matt on Matt podcast. Matt, (laughs) I'll just, I'll start this off. I'll say I'm, I want to say I'm so proud of the work you've done as the Matt on Matt podcast on Twitter. Um, uh, so Matt, Matt is the voice and the fingers. He is the mind and the fingers behind the Matt on Matt podcast, Twitter account and <laughs> take it away. Okay. So this morning I, um, we, we often recap, uh, the, the podcast, your mom's house or two bears in one cave. It's all part of the same family. And we've talked about the comedian, Burt Kreischer, uh, pretty uh, regularly, I would say. I think he comes up just about every other week. And this morning, uh, I pretty much baited him into following us. Um, also, okay, here's the initial post that I saw and responded to. The thing about Bert, the thing that you got to get about that. Here's what he said. I'll just say. I'll just read what he said. He said, "Wait, I've been saying it wrong all these years." No, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me start over. Wait, have I been? How did he write it? Wait, I have, I've been saying it all wrong. Oh God, this dude. Wow, can barely, wait a, oh, this dude can barely read. He can't. He can't fuck. No, Bert can't fucking like write. Okay, so okay, so wait, I have, I've, I've been wrong all these years. Or is Prince Harry saying it wrong? Is it freezing frenzy or a feeding frenzy? And Bert is always asking these dumbass questions like this on Twitter to get people talking and taking like, and then he'll start a poll later and then he'll tell his agent that he's trending. Don't worry. Like blah, blah, blah. Everything's good. And I just wrote in response as us or as the Matt on Matt podcast, I just, cause because of other reasons, uh, this cannot be a real question. What do you think a free, a freezing frenzy even is describe it. Tell us what it took. Tell us what it would look like or in what context someone would describe a feeding frenzy. And you thought that you heard freezing and just accepted it. Tiring of this big idiot act. And then my next tweet was, what the fuck does Prince Harry have to do with it? Then Bert quote tweets me and goes, Prince Harry called it freezing frenzy. And I've definitely been no to use a phase wrong in my entire life. This is what he wrote. Hashtag intensive purposes. Turns out Harry is just as dumb as me. I don't know if that's true. That's probably, that's possible. And then he sends a a clarifying tweet following where he just quotes an article that says, you know, essentially that Harry said freezing frenzy okay here's what the article wrote it said uh while chatting about life in los angeles where harry and wife megan markle have settled since leaving the united kingdom the prince discussed what he called the media quote freezing frenzy resulting from his stay at film producer and actor tyler perry's beverly hills mansion he specifically took issue with the paparazzi and I did, and I wrote in response because I could I felt like that was a response to me, uh, or a lot of people, not just me, saying like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Bert?" And then I just and I wrote a response and said, "Bert, if you apply context clues and use a small amount of critical thinking skills, you may be able to surmise that this means that they froze out the media, or more literally, did not allow media access to their family's life." Then Bert followed 
the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We got Hell Bert yeah. Kreischer as one of our 53 followers. That's what's up. Bob with the Bob, but dang, but dang, diggy, diggy, we said the boogie, said up, jump the boogie. That's what's up. It's Kid Rock up in this bitch. What, do you, what was that? <laughs> oh, it didn't, it didn't, you didn't hear it? No. No, I can hear something. Ah, never mind. It's the rap air horn app on my phone. I guess wait, the mic's wait, not wait, picking wait. it up. <laughs> oh my good God. Uh so Bert Kreischer is now officially following the Matt on Matt podcast. A lot of people got very angry with me in the replies, but what I great about having it just being the podcast Twitter is that I don't care and I just stop responding. And then it's just like Sure. Yeah. Talk shit about it. One guy was like, this guy's just trying to get clout for his podcast. And it's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. No shit. Well, we're trying to be successful. Not, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you think I'm on the internet for? You fucking idiot with the podcast. You stupid, dumb, dumb. You think that it's like, you know what I want? I want Matt on Matt podcast lunch boxes in fourth grade elementary lunch halls. I want to sell out, baby. I, I want to go South Park. I want to be Matt and Matt, Matt and Trey, Matt and Matt. I want to wear J-Lo's dress at the Oscars and trip on acid. Like, I want to fucking get money. I want to get paid. The only Hell way yeah. to do that is to engage with people that are getting paid, like Burt Kreischer. The concept of the artistic sellout died in the early yeah. 2000s. That whole yeah. thing of a band not, oh, I can't sell out, bro. That shit is dead. Right. And as it should be, it yes. never should have been a thing. It never should have been a, been a criticism. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Green Day is making music for teenagers. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what they've always done. It's what they did it. They've been doing it since they were teenagers. They, they succeeded and then they kept succeeding. Why would they stop? Yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't they license their songs for uh, millions of dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move some fucking minivans, guys. The millennials <laughs> are buying minivans. <laughs> Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything at once? Dodge Challenger, come and get it. <laughs> I don't know. That's not a minivan. But <laughs> That's not a minivan. Chrysler. Chrysler minivans. Town and Country. Yeah. <laughs> I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. The 2021 <laughs> Town and Country. It's just JD Power and Associates, minivan of the year. Some dad in low black and white. Walk a lonely road. I got to say that. White that new song balances. does suck, though. Yes. <laughs> He's got his kids just screaming in the back, beating each other up. He's just like, I'm just a kid here. My shadows. Sorry, I'll stop. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get sued. We're gonna go cease and desist if we keep going. <laughs> I will admit though, that song sucks. Green Day, just take a note. I don't like that one. You no, can Matt ignore it like because it. it's made you millions of dollars, but hey, just a heads up. Not my favorite, not my cup of tea. Okay. What's your favorite? Do you have any uh like top three Green Day songs? Man, I'm um yeah, I guess. Uh, always you ask somebody that 
you always go. There's a gut feeling. There's a gut Look, feeling. First, I love this. The first song, and it's stupid, but brain stew. Dad. It's dope. Dad. 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 So good. And then Second it's also it goes perfectly with the song right after it. They feed into each other. Yes, Jaded. Ah, Jaded. Yes. Brain stew slash Jaded. So good. And uh uh also the one I was just singing basket case, and then probably she. So early oh, stuff. Hell yeah. First nice first four albums, but but then but then you know that very first like set of EPs that they eventually released as an LP it called like 1039 smoothed out slappy hours or something like yeah. that where they're like, like literally like 16 years old in the recordings. That's like a totally different sounding green day that I'm really glad exists. And I, and I really dig that music. It's not, it, it, it's definitely different from the brand that they turned into like entirely like Billy's like really shredding it up on guitar playing like these kind of groovy licks. And then later he gets more, you know, power chords and aggressive. Um, but I really, really like that album, but, but, you know, gut feeling brain stew slash jaded, which I count as one song. And then yeah, basket case and probably she, I love it. I love it. I love it. I would say Brains 2 slash Jaded for sure is in there. Basket Case is in there. And then for my third spot, Long Welcome to Paradise. Okay. Yeah, that's another really great one. I love that one because it's like a lot of times I listen to bands or rappers, whoever, listen to music, and I listen to somebody's catalog and like think about like where would this be played in the set list? Yeah, sure. I love trying to figure out what goes where in a set list without looking it up or without having seen the group or whatever. I happen to have seen Green Day a couple of times, but one right. of my favorite things always, Welcome to Paradise is just like, is like the best concert opener because I've seen them yes, twice and sure. both times they opened with Welcome to Paradise and both times was absolute raucous fire. Yeah, I mean, that song fucking kicks ass that's yeah, another does. great they're a great band oh yeah it, like they, those first few albums are just fucking awesome and then i think you know i don't know a lot of people the, the american idiot thing was kind of not my favorite thing but i don't hate them for it anymore you hated them for it for a while i remember we had a yeah. conversation <laughs> yeah now i don't i think overall it's a good record I don't, I'm over Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Um, when September Ends is kind of, I mean, I get why, why he wrote that, but it's not something I'm going to jam on the reg. I right. think Jesus of Suburbia, that epic, I think is dope. Okay, um, I haven't really listened to that. I think the song American Idiot is dope, and I think the song Holiday yes. is dope. Okay, sure, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, it's got a couple of good songs. You're right, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah American absolutely. Idiot's fucking good. <laughs> um one a fucking album this is a, sorry let's, let's go let, let's say thanks burt kreicher we love you man we absolutely yeah, yeah. actually do super hardcore love you yes we love you burt kreicher i i know i was giving you shit this morning but uh you know don't play dumb on the internet and i won't do that as much love you buddy
Uh, that's going to be the cold open right there. Just in case he clicks, he's like, oh, I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be like, fuck these guys in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those wiggers, fat, the fat one's talking about his mental health. <laughs> oh wait <laughs> which one's that <laughs> <laughs> but um speaking of like just kind of revisiting the pop punk of our youth mm-hmm. um when i listen to blink 182 i seem to always just be naturally drawn to um damn it uh stuff from the enema of the state take off your pants and jacket uh, that's just always kind of like my natural inclination to go to stuff from those three albums. Uh-huh. But then I was watching a Twitch stream and it was Mark Hoppus watching a documentary that MTV had done about the making of the self-titled album. Oh, cool. And I was just like, damn, I haven't listened to that album in years. Shit, this was a really good song. Shit, this was a really good song. And so I started listening to the self-titled album again. And dude, just like, from a obviously i know that i I made you go with the gut feeling thing right you know when you think about it harder i really think the self-titled album might be blink's best work really no way i gotta listen to it again dude i think it's it it was like a totally i think i may say that just because it was like a total change in direction yeah see i didn't like but I do well, like here's some the of those thing. Songs. Every, You're right. Everybody has absolutely hated when Blink changed directions. They've done it a few times, and the yeah. fan base hates it. They hate right. it when they do it. But now looking back on it, that album is outstanding. It's really fucking good. It's definitely their their most uh, complex album, I would say. Like in terms yeah. of songwriting, like 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 Tom really kind of goes for it in that. And um, and it's not um, as like stupid. I don't know. Sometimes his guitar is like I don't I don't know. That was a mean thing to say. His guitar is just so like like you learn. It's like the first thing you learn whenever you're learning guitar and you're mm-hmm. our age. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. know everybody's in a band that plays Blink One Eighty Two songs, and we sound not unlike Blink One Eighty Two. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, we don't sound nearly as good, obviously, but we are. But it's also like not that hard to learn those songs, particularly like "Damn It" or like I don't know, pick a fucking song. Um, but on that guitar, but on that record, he like starts really fucking with different tunings, different like sets of uh, like like where his capo is. He's doing a lot of like open chords. He's not doing power chords. He's playing like licks. And so that, and I always just kind of, whenever it happened, I was just like, well, this is like going to be the first album. I don't know how to play in 30 minutes. (laughs) This sucks. I don't know. Um, I'm telling you, give it a revisit. Give it the old, the deep listen, lay it, lay down or sit on the couch, put the headphones on and give it the real listen. You know, the, you know, the type. Sure. Sure. Well, I did. I have been going back because I just recently started re-listening to them too. Um, I listened to just because I can, I know all the words to Blink songs, and you know, whenever you're driving, you want to be in a good mood, and you're singing. Yeah. So I just Throw listen on to Blink. Dump weed. I've been listening to a lot of Blink, and yeah, yeah, or Aliens Exist. I love that song. Um, 
And I also love that song because anyway, I'm, I'm getting distracted. But because of that, I, I I went and I've watched a few live shows of theirs. And I watched one that was like 40 minutes long and they played most of that album. And I was just so impressed at their musicianship on that one. Like it wasn't all power chords and it wasn't, it was like, I don't know, like Tom, like Tom was not playing his uh, standard Telecaster with one pickup. He had like a hollow body, um, a I think it was a Gibson. A big, Gretsch. I thought it was a big body Gretsch. Gretsch. Yeah, yeah, it's a big body Gretsch. And it's like his tone was totally different. It wasn't just like, you know, squirrely sounding, harsh, distorted guitar. It was like a, a whole like sound. And I was really just impressed with that set. I was a little disappointed at it because they all they played was the self-titled songs. But I was nonetheless impressed just by their instrumentation and shit. And it was yeah. the fact that it was just the three of them just fucking kicking ass. Fuck yeah, dude. I love it. I fucking, oh, I don't care what anybody says. I fucking love Blink-182. What I was going to say about Aliens Exist is I love how that song like sounds... Whenever I, whenever you know, we all know about Tom and his alien shit, and how he has discovered aliens and all this shit. Oh yeah, he uh, was right all along, you bastards. He, he was right all along. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I feel like an asshole. <laughs> Kinda. Look, he's also an asshole too. Let's not True. forget. Like he fucked up Blink One Eighty Two, beyond repair. Fuck him. But um, but. Uh, also but also motherfucker discovered ufos and has this song called aliens exist that forever i thought it was uh about feeling different from the people around you and not feeling like you're part of humanity because of that and like i'm an alien and i know aliens exist because i'm an alien i feel alien i very much related to that as you know a creative kid in this town that was so focused on football and all that, sh- and I was the only kid interested in theater. You know what I mean? Oh, so I, I to that. You're talking to the but, football player who wanted to be an actor. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, well, I was I was playing football back then, but uh, true, true. Uh, but but I know what you mean. I know what you mean though. Uh, and uh, so I, that's what I thought the song was about. But it's actually just about how aliens exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it's about. It's about how aliens exist. It's about how he met aliens and he's like, I'm not like any of you. I met the aliens. You got me good, fucker. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) What the shit? Fuck that song now. (laughs) You know, I found out something startling. What? Mom is 6'4". Yeah, I think I knew that. I mean, I always figured, he, I, I thought 5'11". Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And he just looks tall because he's skinny. But you also never see him around anybody but, like, Mark and Travis. And turns right. out, Mark is 6'2", and Travis is, like, six foot. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I always figured, like, tall dudes. I always figured, like, you know, 5'7", 5'9", 5'11". Right. Oh, they're just a Same. bunch of tall motherfuckers. <laughs> well, no wonder they're so successful. Tall yeah. people. Bastards. Tall people. 
Paul Skinny, you can just get whatever you want. You just walk into the record label and be like, we'd like a deal, please. And the record label says, yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. What are you about? Well, these guys, 180s, these gotcha. These guys have nothing going on. Look at them. Everybody wants to be around them. You got purple hair. They're giants. Gigantic, huge cock. Love his cock. Um, <laughs> oh, huge cock. Love his cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well those are the topics i got right now man <laughs> yeah dude i've been <laughs> uh, honestly it's been a good week man it's been a good week oh yeah i uh i got the i got the vid y'all no i'm kidding um I this is the probably the last broadcast out of the Butterfield abode. Oh, when are you moving? This weekend. Oh, coming up. Get out of the house. Do it. Yeah, bro. Fucking Hell yeah. doing it, dude. Getting out. Last dude, time you a- hear this echoey fucking sound, I'm gonna be in a much more better uh room for recording. It's gonna rule. Hell yeah. And you'll be able to record wherever you want, so you'll be able to actually experiment and find the best sound. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. We're about to have a hell of a summer. You're going to have this place to yourself. We're going to Nashville. It's hot, Matt, summer. Going to Colorado, going to Nashville, fucking uh, doing it, giving tours, ghost tours. Ghost touring is super fun. I've decided I like this job a lot. It's like it's my it's the only job that I could ever have in a bar ever again because <laughs> I am just a professional customer. Love it. Just telling ghost stories and getting people drunk. It's so fun. This weekend I had like this bachelorette party and then these two lesbians were in town from Oklahoma for like for like a wedding and then it was just everyone was just getting like hammered. It was like so fun. Oh, this is like a boozy tour? Oh, yeah, it's a pub crawl. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, we start at one place that's haunted. We go to a few other places. I point them out, and then I go to another place that's haunted, and then we go to a couple other little old buildings that we look at, and then we go to uh, the final place, and we get even more drunk, and then I leave them in the middle of Discovery Square outside the Adolphus Hotel. Dude, I'm so excited to go on this tour. You got to. Oh, we're going to, gonna, we're a hundred percent going to do it. And because we're going to get hammered, I'll probably just get a hotel room downtown. Uh, oh. Yeah, dude. And, and get, and uh, the, the, my favorite part is that I wear a fucking cowboy hat. Oh, that's where the cowboy hat came from. Yeah. I got a cowboy hat now and I fucking love it. I'm like a cowboy hat guy now. I, so I love it. Matt sent me a picture this week, a text. And I looked down, <laughs> it's Matt in a cowboy hat sitting in his car and I immediately thought of those like those douchey redneck conservative guys who do um, videos from the driver's seat of their truck wearing their cowboy hat. And they're like, hey, everybody, it's uh, J.P. Shellnut here. And I'm here to tell you about all the problems with liberals. Here, look, look, we got to put them in cages. Where else are they going to go? You're just going to give them a roll of cords and, and wish them the best of luck? We got it, and we got to teach him a lesson. We can't make it easy for him to come back. So we, but we separate the families, and 
uh, and put them in cages and leave them at the bottom of the ocean. I'm a genocidal fucking freak, but look, I'm an everyday guy. I work on an oil field. I hit my wife. Uh, you can listen to me. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Luckily, I've narrowly avoided several, several accidents on the road while recording this. Goodbye, everybody. Listen, everybody, we are a country of law and order. And if you don't abide by the laws and you don't stick to the social order, guess what? You get put in a cage. And that's something that these liberals just don't understand. They're actually mentally ill. And now, fellow conservatives, I'm about to make a statement that is going to piss you off. And I want to apologize ahead of time. I want to apologize ahead of time. But the person we have to blame for all these liberals is actually Ronald Reagan. His, he defunded mental health in America that led to all these crazy, mentally ill liberals living in your neighborhood. Hold on. Walking down your street. Hold on. Hold on. I'm supposed to disagree with this character. I'm <laughs> not supposed to agree with this character. Oh, yeah, that's right. I went too far. <laughs> I just put myself in a Texas accent and started calling uh, liberals mentally ill. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, man, I got to figure out how to build a character again. You got to do it, buddy. <laughs> uh. It's, I, it's one of my favorite uh, recommendsies uh, is there's a Twitter self. There's a Twitter called conservative self own where they just like post on themselves quite frequently. Like, you know what I mean? Does that mm -hmm. make any sense? Like they fell oh, yeah. on themselves or accidentally left wing. That's another great one. <laughs> like, well, oh, why man. don't we just give houses to everybody? How's that sound? Okay, great, man. Oh, great. Sounds like it would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> maybe if we stop spending two billion dollars per airplane we'd be able to do that <laughs> uh, good I lord hate america but, dude, I, but I am that, benefiting dude. off of our tax program because i'm so poor i love it i'm fucking milking that eat baby i'm the welfare king that's gonna be my wrestling name welfare king Welfare King Matt Butterfield. No, what is my your superpower? Is oxies? <laughs> the man can't feel the offense of his opponent because he's stoned out of his mind. <laughs> I'm not no selling. I just can't feel shit, man. Because most fucking people on welfare are just white trash. Fucking anyway. But also Stop that as a wrestling character, <laughs> that as a wrestling character is also a dope uh, self-own on wrestling. Because oh, sure. Lots of wrestlers have been addicted to painkillers throughout the years. Right. Right. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. Big real yikes. wrestling's getting meta, baby. Wrestling is wrestling is amazing. I mean, I've so since I've been following uh, or since I've been on our Twitter account, I followed a bunch of the people that you follow just randomly, like yeah. probably about half of, I've done like half of the people I follow and half the people you follow. And, uh, uh, wrestling is wild. Like, Oh yeah. They are always, first of all, you guys are always live tweeting some event at all hours of every day. There is an event. There's wrestling is always happening. There's always a professional wrestler with like 50,000 followers 
that is live tweeting it or performing in it. And, the, and then there's also commentators and, and bloggers and, 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 you know, internet personalities where their whole personality that they probably make a living off of is that they're just big fans of wrestling. Yeah. That's Dude, it. There's five nights a week of wrestling from companies in America. Yeah. And, then there's, and then there's Japan. Yeah. There's Japan, and then there's a really dope scene in the UK. Okay, sure. Like six hours out, you know, six hours, you know, ahead of us, you got what's going on there. So, like, here, midnight, you can watch the, you know, show in, or not midnight, whenever. However time zones work, you can watch the UK shows. I wake up at 3 a.m. to watch big New Japan shows. Watch so I can watch them live. So that I don't wake up to Twitter ruining spoilers. the show for me. You know, you can mute spoilers, bro, bro. Hey, don't talk to me about my life. I enjoy I watching it as it happens. That's there's, true. Some, there's something magical, okay? Right, okay. When it's sure, something you really do. care about, like I don't watch weekly WWE television anymore because it's a moot point. So I just watch the, the quote-unquote pay-per-views, which are just on the Peacock. Um, yeah. But when you're watching a big show, watching it hours after it happened or a day after it happened, the magic's gone. Okay. To me. Sure. To me. Well, it's like sports. That's kind Same. of what sports is like. Yeah. The only team, uh, there's only one team that I will watch with full commercial breaks, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, really? Yeah. Everything else, if, if, it's, if I'm not watching the Cowboys game, I watch Red Zone. Sure, 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 and of course sure, the sure. Super Bowl, you know, because the commercials yeah. are part of the show, right? And it's the Super Bowl; everyone's partying. Yeah, yeah, but you have a fucking absolutely valid point. They're, wrestling, it. I think there's too much of it now. I mean, sure. I would. Uh, I don't really know. I can't really comment, but I could understand why someone would think that because it's there's just so fucking much of it. Yeah. And it, what? What? By the way, when I said that there's like some random wrestler live tweeting some event with fifty thousand followers, what I actually meant was there was some random wrestler live tweeting some random event with fifty thousand to a million followers, like sometimes two million. And these, and it's like, who is this person? Who is it? This person is full blown famous, mm-hmm. and I have no fucking clue who they are. Oh, bro, in the internet wrestling community is just they are searching through every single thing about that person and they are clamoring to cancel them <laughs> oh sure that's how the i IW- really that's the, the, thing dude, the iwc is vicious that's kind of that's kind of ridiculous that like re- that wrestling would be like that if you I mean, wink if on. you winked at a girl when you were 12 years old and they find out about it your career's over Vince McMahon, like rape a bunch of people no or like no i don't know i don't know if that's not vince Vince mcmahon did not rape a bunch of people okay matt that's what i heard i've heard that i heard that he or not a bunch of people but a couple people no okay all there right. was a there was a guy in the eighties who claimed that Pat Patterson told him he had to have sex with him to get promoted. That was a lawsuit that ended up. I don't even think they settled. I think they were just like, "No, we're fighting you on this." 
And then there was a woman who, one woman who accused Vince McMahon of sexual assault in the 80s. And then she was proven wrong in court. Well, but there's plenty of other shit that Vince has done that is very questionable and not good. But uh, no, he's not a rapist. But also Vince McMahon, in terms of the IWC, Vince McMahon's untouchable. Yeah, Vince sure. McMahon is completely isol- kind of insulated yeah. from the IWC. Um, but who's not isolated from the IWC is independent wrestlers. Oh, and they they will find anything, anything you do. So annoying. So annoying. Oh, yeah. it also it's also annoying because it's just it's not just annoying because you know you don't want it to happen to you, but it's also just annoying in terms of just like if someone is not causing a problem in the moment or being problematic repeatedly openly, like, you know, we've bitched about Joe Rogan just repeatedly fucking up. And so, but like if someone is a wrestler who 10 years ago was a fucking prick to a few people or got drunk and did some stupid shit, who said some stupid shit to a woman at a bar 10 years ago, but he never had an incident since it's like, what are we doing? Why? Like, I don't know. We're all supposed to be perfect. It's like, you can, I don't know. It's just like, why are you using your time like that? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. The internet wrestling community can be awesome. And then in like the, the next second, it could be the worst, most toxic place ever. It's not just it's, wrestling that's like that. Comedy is like that. Comedy's like that. Star Wars is like that. Star Wars is awful. Awful. They don't cancel as well. Star Wars is worse because they don't, that fandom doesn't uh, like have any good reason to treat the people that they treat poorly the way that they po- treat them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's no like Kelly Marie Tran, her life being ruined and having to go completely dark on all social media whatsoever. Can't even have a personal Facebook anymore because of how much harassment she was receiving. Um, that's because because they didn't like her character. That's a little different than getting mad at someone for, you know, tweeting rap lyrics with the N word when they were 14, like that one football player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, like, the whole the the Kelly Marie Tran that she said Kelly Marie Tran, um, yeah, that whole reaction on the internet, that whole debacle, is when yeah. I just said, okay, I'm done with Star Wars. Sure, yeah, it I, I was did it for me pretty much. Like, yeah, I I was done. I didn't watch Rise of Skywalker for three years or whatever. I don't remember when it came out, but like, yeah. I just watched it and it was right. god awful. So bad. We talked about it. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it on here. But yeah. that reaction to her character from the fucking what in the wrestling community we call them smarks, smart marks from the Star Wars smarks towards her. I was just like, I can't fuck with these people. I'm done. Yeah, they all they also did it to Daisy Daisy Ridley. Uh-huh. She she did she went through the same thing after the first movie was released. Everyone just tweeting Mary Sue at her all the time. It's just like guys, shut the fuck up leave these people alone like they're working 
They're like, they're actors. They're actors. They're actors. They're actors. (laughs) (laughs) Leave them alone. And also like Star Wars, like poaches young actors that don't have a lot of work. Yeah. They've always done that. Star Wars has always done that. And, and that, uh, I think I think that's great, but also with that, you don't get a whole lot of say. Right, right. So leave them alone. Yeah, <laughs> like they don't have any like they have they they carry no weight on set. She got yeah. paid like a hundred thousand dollars to do that first movie. I'm yeah. not kidding. I think she had some maybe some back end deals, and obviously after you know it broke sales records, they her contract was renegotiated. Obviously, but like. She didn't, I don't, she, like, in terms of salary, I don't know if she ever, like, cleared a million bucks making those movies. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Mark Hamill only got $300,000 for his work in the first two movies. Wow. That's wild. But, yeah, I mean, you know, these, well, long and short. The long and short of it is really that these people, they're not, like, they're not sitting down with JJ or George to have an in-depth conversation about their character arc. Right. They're getting a piece of paper. Right. Hit this mark. Uh-huh. Go to work. Be be right, go to work. Show up. You need to go to you need to go to the gym for three months before you show up on day one. Yeah. You're playing do a Jedi. Some, you gotta be in shape. Sword fighting lessons. Yeah. Right. That's what you're doing eight hours a day. You show up at eight o'clock, you leave it. Six o'clock, or yeah, no, that's ten hours, but whatever. It's crazy. I thought the I thought the wrestling fans were bad when they just like they believe everything that they see, and they're like, "Oh no, this person is an asshole, piece of shit." It's like he's playing a character, and then I see what the Star Wars reactions were after yeah. the first the new three movies, and I'm just like, "Yeah, oh my god, fuck y'all, fuck you." I can't like I have a love hate relationship with the pro wrestling fans on the internet, but I uh-huh. had to completely excommunicate myself from star Wars fandom. I yeah. was done. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's come around. I'm in a few meme groups and it's come around kind of nicely and kind of since those movies have, you know, gone away, um, they are not gone away, but like, you know, it's been a couple years since the last one was released and the Mandalorian has come out that appeased the nerds and now it's a little less toxic and it like the memes and shit are funny again. That's good. But, uh, Mandalorian's fucking great. Yeah. Right. Everybody loves Mandalorian. Come on. Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Don't even got to tell you. Baby Yoda. Grow goo. Right. <laughs> um, I was going to say something else. What was I going to say, Matt? I don't know. Who cares? Who fucking cares? It's the last, it's the last episode of the Butterfield abode. This is it, buddy. Going to a new studio, baby. Um, I thought I had a don't at me, bro, but I don't know if I do anymore. <laughs> I think we kind of just did it. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Don't at me, Star Wars fandom. <laughs> Thank you. Don't at me, Star Wars fandom, and, and don't at me, internet wrestling community. Yeah, don't at me, <laughs> shitty fandoms. That'll be that'll be it. No, don't at me, shitty fandoms. Don't at me, shitty fandoms right i'll find a place to drop the title sequence in there sure (laughs) (laughs) or not we'll see what happens we'll see what happens who gives a shit i don't care anymore 
Um, I've been watching uh, Invincible again with my dad. Fucking great show. My dad loves it. Nice. Very nice. I, oh, bro, you know what I not rediscovered? Because it's not like I forgot about it. But, you know, things come in in and out of your life. Just part of the natural cycle of entertainment. But we've we've been back on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, dude. (laughs) Good? (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Oh, funny. That's cool. Dude, episode in season two where Ashley's getting bullied by this girl at school. (laughs) And Will and Carlton, like, try to intervene. And they end up, like paying her money to leave her alone or whatever but then um uncle phil and aunt viv are like no we're gonna have their parents over we're gonna have a nice civilized discussion about this and the parents and the girl comes over of course the girl's being sweetheart in front of her parents and the parents are like um the parents are also played by two black actors so it's they're playing a very 90s stereotype of a successful black person Oh. that is like over the top yeah. pompous okay okay interesting sure over the top pompous and he's a, a doctor of child uh-huh. psychology and he's like telling phil and viv about this is the problem with your child your child should be institutionalized and heavily medicated and then phil starts getting real amped up and he's like Oh, well, as an attorney, your daughter exemplifies all the traits of the common criminal all the way down to and and the dad stands up and gets in Uncle Phil's face and goes, really? I think you must have a confused with your mama. Get out of here. That's what they (laughs) That's what he does. And the the, first of all, it's the way he says it. Really? I think you must be confused with your mama. Like he says it just like that, and the Yamama is immediately followed with a punch to the face. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah! I laughed for an hour. Like, <laughs> I would laugh. Oh, oh. Yamama. <laughs> so what is up with Will Smith and his weird fucking family, man? What is going on with them? What are they? They have this Facebook show called The Red Table Talks, where they talk about how they cheat on each other and get fat and. And the, the girl, the young girl is like Polly and she's telling her parents about that for some reason at the age of 18. It's like, what the fuck? Like what? Like what? Like, I guess I'm glad that they're, I don't know. They're, 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 they're making money. They certainly need more. Right. Uh, <laughs> but like, like uh, I, I'm just blown away that anybody's interested that I hear about it as often as I do. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that like, that girl is talking about being, I mean, I don't know. I just realized I'm like shitting on polyamory uh, and, and a teenage girl in that I am who I am. But like uh, all that, all that aside, like, like what, like, why don't we ask like more power to her? Let her do those things. Why is she telling everybody about it? Why are we talking about it? Why do you have to tell your grandmother that you're Polly? I like to, a lot of people, Grandma. That's the way. I, that's the one I like. That's I, the way I'm wired. I intentionally stay away from anything that the Smiths create. Now, why? Because I'm I such just, a big Will Smith fan. No, I love Will Smith. I love Will Smith. I love Independence Day and Men in Black and Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air. Uh, like, I don't give a shit about his 
family drama. Like his weird son. Yeah, like it's the whole thing is like I I am one of the type of people that I don't need to know the inner workings of my favorite celebrity sex lives. I don't need to know. I mean, I understand that people coming out is that are in the in the public eye is empowering to people who are not in the public eye and it helps them to cope. But like there, so what I'm getting at is there's this sense, there's this like this weird celebrity culture that like people got to know everything. Yeah. They feel like they're entitled to the life details of these people. And like, I don't feel that way. (laughs) So like, that is like the last type of show that I would ever watch. Right. Sure. Like know. when I'm thinking just, about just, people that I had, I see, that I sorry. No, 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 go ahead. When I'm thinking about the type of people that I go admire, ahead. like the stuff I want to hear them talk about is like if it's wrestlers, I want to talk hear them talk about building an angle, building a match, or you know, life on the road. Or if it's actors, I want to hear them talk about making the movie or, you know, coming up in the game or comedians writing jokes and coming up in the game. I don't need to know like about your bed. I don't need to know about like your inner workings of your family. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> but a lot of people the out there want to know that shit. Yeah. I just don't understand the need. Like if I was, like I wouldn't I like I like I never discussed my sex life with my grandparents at all, nor do I ever feel like I ever needed to, wanted to. Um, I feel like there were no real questions about it. I mean, I am, you know, just like a pretty vanilla straight guy, but like nevertheless, it's like I like I don't know, especially with the poly thing. It's just it, it's kind of like, okay, great, do whatever you want. Why does your grandmother have to know? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit down, 93 year old Nana. And then why and- are you televising telling her? Like, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure it's empowering or some shit. Like, uh. I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm uh, I'm uh knocking on the devil's door right now with this subject matter, but um probably. But at the same time, it's like. I don't want to tell my grandmas about shit like that. Yeah. I don't think they need to know. No. No. Not at all. Not in the least. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Willow Smith, you do your thing, girl. Yeah. Tell your grandma all about your polyamory. She's a weird. Obviously, obviously you have you have figured something out that I haven't figured out. So good yeah. for you, girl. It's a weird concept for a show is really what I'm getting at. It's a weird right. concept well, for a show. It's a, it's a card. They're trying to do like a Kardashian thing, but on Facebook. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a reality show. Like the Kardashians. That's all. It's all concocted. It's all formulated. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I don't want to get that. Okay. It's like all this shit is lying. Like it just feels, it feels disingenuous, is what I mean. Uh, like it doesn't, like, like, like I guess is what I am getting towards is that it just feels like, what? Like okay, okay. That's why I don't like. I mean, I don't love reality TV, except for I used to like Cops until I realized that Cops is actually kind of a really bad show, morally speaking. 
I never really watched it. I mean, I've seen a few episodes here and there, but my dad didn't like it. My dad didn't like the idea of the show either. Right. Uh, no cop. I no no cop that I grew up with ever did. I knew yeah. I knew a couple of dudes from my church that were police uh, policemen, and they were. We asked them about it, and they were just like, "I don't know why the department lets them do that. I don't want to do that. I wouldn't want to be filmed." And also, well, with a lot, with what a lot of those guys are saying, I don't understand how they're not getting fired because they're saying all this shit on camera. That's not, that's not legal or protocol or right. Like you know, talking about you know, you know, people say we pick on them, but they're always the ones committing the crimes. You know that sort of shit. They like yeah, if you would leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> the only of or if you wouldn't those... bothered some other people, you'd probably learn that everyone's committing crimes. <laughs> yeah. The only of any of the like police shows my dad ever liked was CSI. That's funny because yeah. he well, but that's funny because he was a CSI guy. Yeah. So he that's was. uh, did he like it because he would hate watch it, or did he like it because he thought it was accurate, or or was did he just like it because he was. You know, like we were talking about, because he was represented. 50-50. I think okay. he had 50-50 watch it and, like, poke holes in some stuff. But then he also really liked some of the characters. Okay, sure. He really, like, enjoyed it as a TV show. Um, enjoyed... The one thing he'd always say was, like, it's... He'd say it's mostly accurate. But the thing about it is that the it's very sped up. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. He'd say like this. They're solving I, these cases in a few days. Yeah. He said it's as he put it, he's like, it's it's sleeker and it's sexier for Hollywood, you know, because it's got to appeal to the masses. So it looks a lot prettier than real life. Uh -huh. Um, and it's also sped up for uh dramatic dramatic purposes. Cause you gotta fucking go, you got a 40, it's an hour show, so you got 45 minutes, 42 Min minutes to right. tie up a whole case. You know, so right. in the like in the universe of the show, they get this, you know, from murder to conviction in like, you know, a, day. a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when really you're looking at nine months to a year. Oh, dude. In real um, life. Oh, this is something that I wanted to talk about now. Boomer TV. It's a new <laughs> segment on the show. I've discovered another great fucking boomer show. Lone Star, 911 Lone Star with Rob Lowe. Guys, play the recommend these thing. We're all going to die. It's our only guarantee. You got to watch 911 Lone Star. Oh my God. So I'm watching this fucking show, guys. I'm watching this show. It is set in Austin, Texas, in present day Austin, Texas. It's starring Rob Lowe, who's a New York firefighter that got moved down to Austin for some reason. Uh, and he's with his gay son and his wife, and they're having their trials and tribulations and yada, yada, yada. But they are fire and rescue people. And they have portrayed a version of Austin that I wish was true. It's kind of true. There's an element of truth to it. They have like everyone in Austin, according to the show, is just 
armed to the gills and ready to fucking snap at any moment and set up some sort of hijink for these firefighters to have to rescue people from. My favorite one, Matt, that you, uh, I'm sure you're wondering about, was the episode opens and we're at a funeral. We don't recognize any of these characters. Everyone's crying. We're outside. Uh, we're outside, and this fu- and this funeral home is over. I guess over by uh, the Bergstrom Airport. It's like right directly behind Bergstrom Airport because airplanes are flying over the funeral for the first 30 seconds. And eventually, out of fucking nowhere, an airplane gets really close to them and then a body falls out of the wheel of the airplane as it's lowered, frozen solid like a popsicle, and crashes into the casket of the funeral, and their bodies get intertwined to each with into each other, and uh, the wood of the casket shatters all over the family, and they're all like... They all start just like screaming, like the humanity, the humanity, and all the and that's and then cut to credits. See us like nine one one Lone Star. Here's the opening credits. Holy shit! Yeah, that's Fun. the show. There's another. There was another episode where two boys are in a field. These two brothers, and then all of a sudden, this redneck comes up. He's firing his gun in the air. He's like, yeah, and then they're like, "Stop! Stop! Don't shoot!" He's like, "I'm not gonna shoot you. I needed to tell you that you're in a line. You're in a minefield. You're surrounded by landmines. You're on my property." And the kids are like, "Oh fuck! What do we do? Is there a map?" And he goes, "Don't worry, the map is right here." And he takes a step to his right, and he explodes. Oh my! Not the opening credits. God. So they're <laughs> telling me, they're telling the world, they're telling America that there's ranches that are covered in landmines because of old coots who don't want people on their property. Oh my God! In Austin, Texas. (laughs) In Austin, Texas. There's (laughs) there was another one where uh uh oh this is whenever I this is the first time I ever saw the show and before I knew that he was in New York. So I don't know that he's in New York, but I can see that he's in Austin, right? Mm -hmm. And uh and I know that he's a firefighter. And this guy has hijacked a tank from like an army navy store slash vfw some sort of like place and he's driven it to city hall in austin and he's got it on the edge of city hall and he's gonna ram it into city hall but then rob lowe gets in front of him and starts telling him about 9-11 and why that taught him to not take things so seriously and i'm just sitting there thinking like he's in austin i say out loud he's in austin why is he saying he was at 9-11 and uh, my parents uh, were just like, shut up. They thought I was just trolling them. But I was legit, like, for the rest of the episode, just like, why the fuck is this guy saying that he was at 9-11? He is in Austin, Texas. Dude, I'm really worried awesome, about dude. the boomers. <laughs> 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 what you just described... Oh, is the most absurd piece of multimedia ever created. I swear to God, Rob Lowe picks shows like this. 
He's in his. He produced a son, a a, a a reality show for his sons to go hunt Bigfoot. That's the thing he produced on like Animal Planet or some shit or oh, Discovery. Pablo oh, is a fucking weirdo. He's What's a weirdo. Going on with you man. Uh, but I think that he just thinks this shit is funny, and he's just yeah. like, I don't care. Yeah, I just want to make money. I don't fucking care. I was in Tommy Boy. I'm legit. <laughs> I did Parks and Rec. I did Tommy Boy. I've, you guys know I'm real. It's going to make money. I don't care. I'm pretty. He also has a makeup line for men that he, because he just went like he, which I, you know, I don't wear makeup, but I get why he would. I, I saw, you know, this is back whenever I watched Joe Rogan. He was on Joe Rogan. Joe asked him, he's like, so you have a fucking like makeup line? <laughs> Obviously, it was like a worked in plug. But uh, he busted it out, and he was, and it was, and it wasn't like looked. It didn't look like manly makeup. It was just like makeup, some concealer. And uh, Rob Lowe was just like, well, yeah, like I already look really good, but people always expect me to look like Rob Lowe. And the only way I can do that is if I just do this. And he points at his face and like holds his concealer up, puts some on. He's like, why not look better? I already look so good. I know how I can look better. So if you yeah. ever see Rob Lowe in the wild, he's like definitely wearing makeup, which I think more power to him. Yeah. He doesn't make it. It doesn't even look like he's wearing makeup is the thing. Like it's just corrective stuff. I kind of think it's amazing and a little revolutionary, but also it feels like he's fucking with us. Yeah. Being in these shows, selling makeup, producing a Bigfoot hunt. Hunting Bigfoot. Um, he's also he doesn't wear the hats of an NFL specific team. He wears yes. the same hat that the referee wears. He wears the NFL logo hat, the black <laughs> like the black hat with the NFL logo it. that the ref wears. That's what he wears. Yeah, Strange. I've seen it. It's funny. Weirdo. Like, he's a weirdo. Yeah. I love it. And he's in this crazy show, guys. Nine one one Lone Star. Boomer TV. It's the it's <laughs> like it's the worst, but it's the best. Oh, uh, this could be a new recurring segment. Boomer, yeah, what, Boomer TV. Boomer TV. We like each week bring up it, like something like bull, <laughs> bull. <laughs> Some MacGyver, let's do this. I'll, I'll cover. Watch. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll cover like the series finale of the new MacGyver. Which There's has been on for MacGyver? like six years. <laughs> for like six years. There's been a MacGyver. Do you know Hawaii Five O is still on with Scott Kahn? Oh. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Bobby Lee has a recurring role. Shut the front door. Yeah. Bobby Lee has a has a recurring role in uh in, in in Hawaii Five O, he plays a guy that launders money. He literally just like washes money. It's I don't understand it. He's clearly he clearly is just friends with the producer and yeah. got on. Yeah, he's paycheck, only baby. ever sitting at the bar. Yeah, he's only ever he's only he just shows up for stupid little scenes that make people laugh. He never does has anything to do with the plot. <laughs> because they gotta fill up an hour man yeah. <laughs> my mom and my mom watch is like a fan of bobby lee i'm like you should watch his podcast 
<laughs> yeah, you should watch Tiger Belly, Donna. First, I went down. <laughs> all the times his father like stabbed a family member at a restaurant <laughs> or now his brother is now making appearances on like king and the sting yeah his brother the the, the fucking grift yeah his brother's on the there grift. and um talking about how like bobby was in this band in high school and he played the keyboards and like just fucking crazy shit that's not crazy but you gotta uh, never mind i forgot where i was going with this don't worry about me i'll be fine it's fine (laughs) um is that it for the week we had an hour yet it feels like oh we're way over an hour we're like yeah we're like an hour 10 let's go uh we're good That'll work. I'm Matt Beery at Matt Beery 06 on all the social media. I'm at Waterfield on Twitter at Matters on um, at Matters on Instagram. Follow us on uh, Twitter, though. Follow our account on Twitter at Matt on Matt Pod. I am running that now because I'm currently uh, in the process of things and had to kind of lock down the Turd Cruise account. So uh so please 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 um uh, follow us on twitter we, we we need more than 53 followers please follow us it's super embarrassing that like i'm roasting uh burt kreischer and getting him to follow us but then i have 53 followers i mean it's taken me so long just to get the 400 something i have on twitter but anyway that on my own account but please 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 follow us if you follow me you should follow us because i'm going to be running that thing and using it to reply to tweets that I don't like. So get on it, guys. Yeah. Let's oh, fucking no. go. I have a hundred followers on my personal Twitter, but I have like almost 700 on Instagram. So let's fuck. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right. That's it, guys. Have a good week. We love, love you. you.